0: Salli and welcome to another Media Friday here for the Funkit Pod. It's Friday and you know what it means. And this time I'm not starting like the last few months where I tell you hey don't forget what's happening in Myanmar but do check my twitter or check hashtag what's happening in Myanmar because you should know what's happening in Myanmar. Okay having it said let's not focus on Myanmar for once right now for a second let's talk about other countries here close to where this podcast is coming to you from so we are based in Bangkok right so um, some of our neighbors or countries that are close to us like Hong Kong for example also suffering right now quite a bit Hong Kong has been in the news for the past few years ever since China tries to claim Hong Kong again and tries to make Hong Kong be more like actual mainland China. And we talked about this on a podcast like a week ago that the Apple Daily got shut down, like one of the biggest pro-democracy, liberal uh, news outlets in Hong Kong. And now, and let me let me look at my notes that I don't um, misquoted. Uh, I think a journalist who was running, um, or one of them who was running the Apple Daily um, Jimmy Lai I think media mogul Jimmy Lai was in, in, in jail uh, okay and I think another one who was working for the Apple Daily got arrested at the airport I'm sorry if I mix up the, the words or the, the names here but so someone who worked for the Apple Daily I think one of the last journalists working for the Apple Daily got arrested on his way out of the city out. Country, and city, uh, Hong Kong, and now faces charges. Right, and then there is another um, another pro democracy outlet. The last, one well, the last one that, that's still up and running, kind of is Stand News. But Stand News now announced that they will not have any um, op eds right now due to the pressure. So if they publish anything against controversial or against the Chinese government and so on. They might face similar issues going to jail or disappearing in China and whatnot. So uh, they now chosen not to do this, which is self-censorship but kind of understandable given the current climate, right? Yeah, so um, where does this now lead? What does it tell us, right? Does China win? Does the party win? The thing is then, of course, people notice But it's mostly, of course, people in Hong Kong, and if no one else around the world or in mainland China notices this, and it's like, yeah, well, whatever, Hong Kong, come home. um, This could be a non-issue eventually, right? Because right now, of course, for people in the media and so on, it's an issue, but will it be an issue in a year from now, or will it just be like a quiet self-censorship more and more imposed on Hong Kong, and then it just becomes the new normal, new normal? It's, that's tough, so I think I, this development is really scary, from my point of view. And I, What should we do, right? I mean, I can only urge everybody to check it out and like voice your opinions, show support, I don't know. Um, other than that, the international community, blah, 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 we, we know what should be done, but of course it's not being done, right? Actually, by the way, freedom of speech is a right, um, that was part of the deal that Great Britain signed with China when they said, "Okay, we're gonna give Hong Kong back to you." But freedom of speech needs to be um, needs to be a thing, and that, that's actually that was actually written in, call it a contract or whatever. Uh, so that's actually a thing. So the international community community could be like, "Hey, China, you you, you agree to this. What's happening?" But of course, no one really wants to mess with China right now. And that's why nothing's happening. It's it's rather sad. And... I mean, we shouldn't be throwing with stones if you sit in a glass house. So, says the guy sitting in, in Thailand. Um, I'm not going to... You know, hate on Thai media or, or like the Thai system right now. Of course, because I sit inside the glass mm-hmm. house. Um, but I read an interesting article in the Bangkok Post. Yeah, this sometimes happens. <laughs> interesting articles in the Bangkok Post. Um, at least the topic was interesting. The topic was can Thailand's vibrant media. Vibrant media. That, that that's 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 like a, a you know strong, wording, vibrant media, Um, but can it be self-regulated? And then the author goes into saying like, well, it's very difficult with how the media works right now. There are like three things that you have to understand if you look into Time Media. One is, um, what did he say? To comprehend the current media landscape, three recurring trends must be addressed as they could further complicate the quality of Thai media. First of all, the proliferation of social media platforms has been a phenomenon in this country. Well, it's not just in this country, but yes, I agree. So social media is a, it's not just a thing. It's not just there. It's like social media is the thing. Like if you're not on social media, you don't exist. And I know everybody says that it's just the same in every country. True. I think, like, if I compare it with like back home, Europe, Germany, and so on, here it's like it's like people only consume social media, basically. Like, I mean, yeah, they trust the Bank of Post more than something else, but maybe like depending on like other newspaper outlets and so on, other news outlets. But they see it on social media, or, like old school on TV, maybe. Yes, but social media is super important, like incredibly crucial, and trustworthy. I mean, it's not, but people trust it. Yeah, so, that, 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 so, I agree with this. Secondly, mainstream media these days relies too much on information and audiovisual clips from social media. That is also very true. So, mainstream media, mainstream news, 60-70% of, of the news is just showing clips from social media. It's ridiculous. It's like, hey, this happened. Here's a clip from YouTube. This happened. Here's a clip from Twitter. What? It's, it's ridiculous. It's annoying. AF it's if I see this I'm just I, I'm not even watching because I'm like it's not it's a YouTube show right now like it's not the news like what the hell are you doing so I agree with this. this is ridiculous um, and finally certain bloggers and influencers have the arbitrary power to call out call out major media outlets that they consider to have failed to report or pick up issues of their interest and liking. This has become contagious in the past several months due to the widespread youth protests and anti-government demonstrations. This kind of media bullying online is a new trend reflecting the further polarization of Thai society. So, I have one issue here with this. First of all, I agree. So, Influencers, <laughs> influencers are still a thing in Thailand. I know, like, globally speaking, those macro, big influencer impact goes down. Um, Generally speaking, here in Thailand, not yet. So influencers are still a huge thing here. I mean, yes, they have lots of impact and they can call out stuff, celebrities can call out, whatever, and then people talk about it. Can be good, can be bad, understood. What he's doing here though, he's then using the example of the protests saying like, hey, they call for protests or whatever, and then people follow, so they're disrupting it. So I'm not a big fan of like now pointing fingers. So yeah, the protests, are largely organized via social media, but that's how you reach the audience these days, right? So, I mean, wanna, who are you gonna blame, the player or the game? Uh, and this is just, this is no partisan um, partisan reporting here from, oh, I forgot his name, from the Bangkok Post. It's a bit disappointing. Uh, I do agree, however, that media bullying, not in this particular example, but in general, can be a thing here. So like influencers do very much influence what's being presented, what's being reported and so on. If there's an influencer celebrity involved, just go for it. So I, I do agree with this. And um, yeah. How to fix it is the question. <laughs> if only someone would work in the media space here and uh teach us those things. <laughs> How to fix it is a difficult question because if you if you say I see the problem and me as a media outlet, I'm not I'm not playing the game. But if you don't play the game, you don't get the clicks, you don't get the views, and so on. I'm going to have an explainer video coming rather soon in regards to this issue. Um, so what you could do is, of course, you could try to focus on a, on a slightly different target audience, on people who are like a bit more literate when it comes to, to media, for example, and say, hey, guys, so we're not playing this game. You still report on trendy stuff, but maybe not in, a, in this clickbaity way more in-depth and, hey, uh, we reached a more literate audience and then this audience hopefully will spread it to others and so on. So, and yeah, this could be a way, but you would need dedication, persistence, patience, because you're not going like, to do this overnight and you might have to wait a little, not a little, a long while until you actually make money with it. And these days, of course, no one has time to wait. And I think that's a big problem in the time media industry. Lots of people see the problem, no one really wants to change it because I mean, it works for the media companies, just like in a global scale, right? Um, so we see problems, but do you really want to change it? Is the question. Are there enough people who are willing to change it? Is the question. And that's hopefully something that we will see in the future when now more young people become more media literate, they're growing up. Uh, they hope graduate, they get jobs in the right areas, hopefully markets, and then have the right influence. And then hopefully don't forget how they felt when they were like 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. I hope they don't forget how they felt in this age once they are in positions of power. Because then maybe we can see the change, be the change you want to see, right? So I hope this is something that we can see um, as time moves on. So hopes are high. Uh, here, in this case, simply because I work in education and I have to have faith in uh, my students, of course. Um, moving on to another neighboring country this time, uh, Indonesia. Uh, Indonesia has been killed and this made big waves, at least in the media sphere. You probably haven't heard of it, I assume, unless you're from Indonesia. But in the media sphere, it makes some waves because Indonesia don't have a it easy right now. Um, this guy was killed um, because he was investigating a problem with a nightclub and bribery and so on. And so on the way home, I think it was like 300 meters from his house or something, they shot him and to teach the victim a lesson. The victim died. So um, yeah, lesson taught. Uh, I think the nightclub owner that he was investigating got arrested and another ex-military guy got investigated who worked with the nightclub owner, I I, I believe. and. Um, yeah, so his name is Mara Salem Harahab. Sorry for mispronouncing it. And it's the fourth case of violence against journalists in, in Sumatra, North Sumatra to be precise. So it's actually a very small area for like, things like this happening all the time. It's not the only area where this happens, but right now uh, lots of violence against journalists is happening there. And the problem is that there are those, let's call it gangs, just to make it easier, those gangs who are ganging up Obviously against, against journalists, like, hey, if you, if you investigate us, report on us, you're going to F you up. But then the journalists also can't really go to, to the government, to, um, to the police, because there's a new um, law in place um, for a few weeks, months. I'm not sure how long it's been in place, but it's um, an amendment to an existing traditional media law, I believe, um, which... Which now takes away that I'm a journalist, uh, respect me so they don't really have this anymore. Um, this is of course a big issue uh, and I don't really, I mean I can guess why because the government is not really fond of journalists investigating for example the government obviously. It's like hey let's just take this right away from them and then well yeah, they're on their own and then the gangs they're like, hey, I mean, no one really cares anymore if you heard a show. This is just like another victim. So let's just uh, go all like hard in the paint, I know, threaten them, hurt them. And so they stop reporting on us. So gangs of Indonesia style, basically. And this, of course, is very frightening, uh, terrible development. And I can't believe this is happening in 2021. Uh So again... Don't throw with stones if you're sitting in a glass house, but I'm just going to open a window right now. I'm going to throw it over to Indonesia because what the hell, man? Like, seriously. Like, the more you're in this media research thing, and I'm diving r- rather deep right now in, like, the area, and songs, so i doing research on this. It's just insane. It's crazy, and, <laughs> Yeah, and there's more coming, like, about Myanmar, and so on as well, but, I mean, even in Indonesia where We haven't heard of any like coop or anything like this, right? So it's not like, hey, Nisha, it's crazy, but stuff like this is still happening. So keep your eyes open, even if you're vaccinated and then, I don't know, travel is possible again at some point and you're like, hey, let's go to a yoga retreat in Bali. Just keep in mind like how they treat local journalists and so on. And maybe then don't go to Bali and go somewhere else. Uh. But then it's also not fair because then the tourism industry suffers and those people in the tourism industry, of course, uh, are not the ones in charge. So, okay, go to Bali, but I don't know what to do. To be honest, it's really frustrating. If you have an idea, shout out, let me know. It's, like Reading things like this just makes me really sad and it's frustrating. Um, since we're on the topic of frustrating things in the media, let's just keep going. China, our, big, our, our friend... Um, China apparently um, banned lots of posts by LGBTQ rights groups on WeChat. So they disappeared, disappeared. So, um, yeah, you know what's happening there. It's ridiculous. 2021 and the Chinese government bans LGBTQ posts by LGBTQ rights groups on social media. What are we doing? Like moving backwards and how is this okay and how... I know, the you things when things happen like this, right? You just imagine how tight the grip of a government needs to be on its citizens that this, those things don't lead to more uproar, right? It's crazy. I, I saw some uh, footage of LGBTQ rights groups protesting, like with an old lady even in in China, and she just got taken away by by the police. Uh, just just imagine this. You can see I'm still a bit like, yeah, I have my nose in front of me, but I'm still stuttering a little because just rethinking this again makes me, makes me sad again. So, if we're facing the pandemic and we're like, no, you're gay, I don't like you, I, what? Oh, God. And no one says anything because it's China, right? We, we need to work with China, we need our money. Oh, God. Madness, madness. Let's move on, though. Like we can fix it. If you have anything to say about this, I'm happy to discuss. But I'm just really sad about this whole thing. Um, I should have found some more positive things to to report on this week, uh, but it's just really tough. Um, speaking of money, let's just quickly move on from um, from all the sadness, though. So, um, I mentioned this last week. Right, that Buzzfeed is going to go public, and the Buzzfeed founder now um, he pledges financial rigor um, in a digital media roll-up, and he, like, his name is Jonah Peretti, and he says he's learned from early mistakes and promises to grow in a sustainable way. And now I would love to have a button here, which is present, it's gonna be like, liar, pants on fire, or something like this. I am betting the house, they're not gonna learn from it, I'm betting the house, BuzzFeed's gonna use the money that comes in to buy just everything. Uh, a thousand percent, they're not gonna grow sustainably, they're gonna grow by taking everything they can and just try to scale the F up and just try to make more money because they're growing. Look, they're growing by our by the stocks and so on. So, there's no way they're gonna grow in a sustainable way. Take my word for that. What do you think? Do you think us, it's gonna grow sustainably? No way, they never learn. Um, and it's going to work for a while, I'm sure. It's certainly going to work for a while. Um, speaking of things that are terrible in the media, BuzzFeed and... <laughs> great transition. And um, I read an article on QAnon and I thought, hey, we need something more fun in this video or in this podcast. Let's talk about QAnon. Um, and the article said, hey, you haven't seen much of QAnon lately in the media. And I'm like, that is, that's actually true. Right, I haven't seen much of QAnon um, and so they're receding kind of from social media being of course they're being banned on all the major platforms, but still, I mean, usually there's like some crazy person yelling QAnon and on and and so on. Um but they haven't seen much lately, right? So they're kind of like hiding right now away from major social media platforms. Maybe they're on Getter, <laughs> more this in a second. Um but of course they're not gone, right? And right now they're apparently targeting uh, more local events. So I'm assuming it's like in local chat groups, WhatsApp, whatever, Telegram, whatever, and where they organize it. And then they go to actual physical events and like, hey, we are here. So it's not that they're gone just because they're not on social media. They're still very much there and are now trying to infiltrate Congress, for example. You know, a few Congress members are parts of QAnon. Uh, what? <laughs> and they like move, like have like, I don't want to say protests or demonstrations of gatherings in certain states and organize them. So they're still there. They're still growing. They're still trying to spread their message. Just because you don't see them doesn't mean they're gone. So, yeah, that's going to be fun once they are, like, back on a mainstream social media platform, once they have, like, more people in Congress that are pro-QAnon and so on. Oh, my God, that's going to be so much fun. (laughs) QAnon comments on the podcast right now. (laughs) Let's go. Okay, last thing about Southeast Asia, so I just needed a break to not, like, start crying. Last thing about um, Southeast Asia for, for today is then, I have to talk about Myanmar. I didn't do it in the beginning, but now I'm going to do it anyways. I mentioned Indonesia, I mentioned Thailand, I mentioned Hong Kong. Um, so now Myanmar. What happens in Myanmar right now besides, it, it's like, all the killings that are still happening um, Now the pro-military camp is also like like amping up their efforts on social media, meaning you can see more and more posts on social media now praising the military, praising the coup, and so on. In the beginning, it was more like, Someone got killed in the news came out, like, yeah, they deserve it, they're against us, they deserve it, and so on. That's still happening. Like people in like military uniforms, like soldiers showing off and so on. Still happening, but that makes others, of course, more angry. Now you can also see more posts that are like more supportive of the military, like, hey, they keep us safe, good job, yay, and so on. Of course, it's like all military operators or pro-military, um, pro junta they don't want us to call them chunta, pro chunta. Um people supporters um, that are doing this which of course we know what they're doing but is it gonna work as a question and I'm afraid like if they have enough time it might actually work right it's like, Propaganda. Propaganda still works. Twenty twenty-one like oh propaganda doesn't work, it only worked like in the Second World War. No, it still works. We can see that everywhere. More is also at the very end of this video. So I'm afraid that now if, if we ignore Myanmar what's happening and if the voices of dissent that become more quietly drowned out and then it's like, hey, the military is good for us eventually. the people are gonna be like, Yeah, man, whatever. Oh, yeah, you tell me every freaking day, like, yeah, okay, sure, whatever. And it's gonna be like okay and this cannot happen so hashtag what's happening in Myanmar be loud don't let this drown out because they are trying to drown out those voice of dissent with like pro-military comments this cannot happen yeah, so raise your voice share your voice um be vocal out there and, and safe <laughs> um okay but enough of like the sadness right now in, in southeast asia if you have sadness at home too, please shout out. If you have something positive to say, also shout out. Um, not positive for Clubhouse is that um, the NFL National Football League in the US, the people who call it, like, you know what, football, like even though it's like an egg, it's not a ball or whatever. Um, National Football League jumps to Twitter spaces for like their social media content, even though they had an initial clubhouse uh, partnership. So they're leaving the sinking clubhouse shit. <laughs> That was um that was like a misspoken. <laughs> I'm sorry, Clubhouse. Um, the sinking Clubhouse ship. I'm not a native speaker. Forgive me, Clubhouse. So they're leaving the sinking Clubhouse ship to jump onto Twitter Spaces. I'm doing the same thing. I had like a Clubhouse thing for my uni. I abandoned this already because couldn't record it, couldn't download it, whatever. So with Twitter Spaces, yeah, you can. It's public. You can let. You can download it later. And Spotify is now there too, like the Spotify Green Room. Is that Green Room? I think so. Right, where you can discuss all things sports, music, and so on. Yeah, also downloadable. You can create a podcast out of it later on. Clubhouse can do that yet. So, Clubhouse thinking ship goodbye. I still get all those pop-ups on my phone because so I didn't want to. For some reason, I didn't uninstall it yet. Gonna do it though, because it's really annoying. And I mean, Clubhouse is just, just advertising by now. Everyone's like, hey, I'm a motivational speaker, listen to me. BS, um, Clubhouse, nice idea. <sighs> you need to revamp. So, NFL jumps to Twitter spaces. I'm sure that like, you know, NBA or whatever is gonna jump on Spotify, Green Room, and so on. Yeah. So long, Clubhouse. So long. It was nice knowing you. Um, by the way, <laughs> No transition. But did you see uh, the Teletubbies posting their vaccination certificates on, on social media? We are vaccinated. Actually, they're not assessed in the, like July 21st or something, 2021. So it's in the future. So they're going to be fully vaccinated. Um, eh. Did they get money for it? Probably, right? Get money for this. Interesting. It's all forged. I, I saw it on The Verge, I believe, uh, how they break down like what's wrong with the the poster, like it's in the future and the the birth date said like 2001 or like 991, uh, 1999 or something. But actually the last episode of the original Teletubbies was in 2001, so by now they're old enough to actually drink and so what the hell? So if you want to have a a smile and in these sad times, check out uh, The Verge and I think the article is called Why did the Teletubbies forge their vaccination cards? Check it out. Kind of funny. um, It made me smile for a little bit. What also makes people smile is when they get lucky. On Tinder, for example, uh, Tinder released some stats that said they hit 3 billion swipes in a single day during March. Um, So dating apps still booming, of course, still kind of pandemic-y, but then also pandemic kind of over in some places. You want to mingle again and you want to have fun again. So um, it just keeps booming. Question is, though, um, what's the impact? Lots of babies uh, increase in, I don't know sexually transmitted diseases <laughs> and what about a mental health that's i think a very important question that the bbc asked uh, i think last week or so um what's with the mental health and like dating apps and stuff like it's because you're just swiping and you're just like being like flirty all the time how does it affect your mental health if you have to be like on, or like, turned on, like, not turn on, but like, you'd have to turn your game on 24-7, basically, on those apps, and then it's no real interaction, it's like some weird stuff. How does it affect your mental health? It's like, not really mingling, but then going out again, and like, the pressure, like, first you're desperate or depressed because you don't have anyone, then you go out and you have all the pressure, like, oh my god, I'm meeting people, I can ah I don't, can I can't F that up. Pressure everywhere. And yeah, so, it's an interesting question. It's also for me, like as a super introvert, I'm, and I'm always saying I don't mind social distancing, but yeah, of course I miss seeing people and living a normal life. And I do think it's kind of awkward. It's going to be awkward, like once you're back to normal, like, hey, 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 hey. Like, I mean, luckily in Thailand, we, why? I mean, we don't shake hands that much, but still it's going to be weird. Um, a Thai celebrity, like, mm, kind of, who's in the U.S. right now, wrote um, a drag drag queen was kind of famous in the US and she said like hey I was walking down the street and a random stranger hugged me and I just felt so overcome with joy to feel like this again and well so for me I'm a super introvert. I'm if someone hugs me a stranger that I don't know hugs me I'm gonna punch him in the face that's why I, that's why I do Muay Thai for <laughs> um, but it's interesting right so I, I do understand the sentiment of what, what she said there so I find this very interesting and yes yeah, so how's the mental health gonna continue and I, I hesitate saying this because today next lockdown here in thailand in bangkok just had, had been announced so starting monday uh, we will be locked down again like real lockdown showing malls closed curfew Pff, yay for at least two weeks so mental health it's going down timber uh, yeah so let me know how you're dealing with mental health dating and so on speaking of dating no, not of dating, but maybe maybe you can use it to date. Getter is still out there. I mentioned last week briefly that, oh, God, I knew his name. And now once I pressed record, I forgot his name again. That that slimy dude who worked for Trump. Don't add me. Even if you're pro-Trump, you know his, he was slimy. Guy with, like, no hair, who's younger than me, but has no hair and looks just like Mr. Burns. And you know, this guy was, I think, <clears throat> affiliated with Getter. And um, Getter is still out there, apparently still gaining... Lots of traction. So if you are on Gather, um, the right wing Twitter, let me know how's it going. I, I'd be curious to see. I'm not joining, but I'd be curious to to hear like what's 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 happening on Gather. All right, slowly going into like the more broader news. Like for example, what I read on, I forgot where. Uh, I heard it like, or I read that like more ransomware attacks are happening. So that's a thing right now. Uh, at least that it becomes public. So latest ransomware attacks, I uh, believe I remember reading last week, uh, Guardian, BBC, something um, that they hit like American, American businesses again and it's become public again. So maybe I'm not sure if those attacks increased or if we just hear more about it um, because maybe they're not paying up and um, just making it public to increase the pressure on like security and so on. Maybe since since McAfee died, maybe more and more, more hacks are possible. I don't know. Uh, I just find it, I just see more and more of those news popping up these days. So maybe, aid does an increase or maybe just hear more about it. Um, understandable though, right? And if in 2021, you're still not safe, secure, and you're just, I know, having you, like, not maybe, and you don't hire a security company or, a, or experts deserve it? I'm not saying this. Um, I don't really mean like you should get hacked but I'm saying you should take care of your cybersecurity. That's what I'm saying. Uh, yeah so please uh, be aware this is a thing and even if you're like a small abyss they can still go come for you because even you have things to lose and they might not hack the Pentagon but I'm gonna hack like averagejoes.com because hey you can extract files from there and then maybe you can blackmail them. So just be aware of this yeah. Thank you very much. Okay, that's the teacher in me coming out. Okay, one of the last things I want to talk about today is um, that Amazon acquires MGM. They've been talking about this for a while now, so now it's out there in the, in the public again. So Amazon acquires MGM. Now, on first sight, it kind of looks a little bit like, hmm, why? Amazon is about streaming and so on. It's not, not their main business, but it's streaming, right? MGM is more like old-school cinema, TV shows and so on, right? and a, a roaring lion, of course. Um, but, so in, initially it looks like a bit like contradictory, like why would you go for like the old school thingy if you're like, more streaming? Um, cynics could say it because they want to kill old school, but you know. and then when thinking about it, I read a quote from Jeff Bezos from like 2016 or whenever it was, he says like, if you win like Emmys uh, or Oscars or whatever, in the end, it's gonna help us sell more shoes. <laughs> It's like, yeah, that's true. So then it makes complete sense that he's going old school again. So maybe he doesn't want to kill MGM. Maybe he wants to use like this old school thing just to be like, hey, we're Amazon. This is also Amazon. So check out Amazon, buy your st- Buy more stuff on Amazon. So maybe it's just his way to spread the wings even further. So. Um, It makes sense actually, so I think I understand what he's doing, it makes sense. Um, Having said he also left his role as CEO for Amazon, right? 27 years after he founded it um, to become the first billionaire in space, no, he's not, why not, because Richard Branson said hold my checkbook. I'm going to fly a week earlier, a week sooner than you, Jeff, and I'm going to be the first billionaire in space. But we talked about this in the last last podcast, so congratulations, Richard, it's coming this next week? Huh. Let's see, maybe next, next week's podcast, we can talk about the first billionaire in space or maybe the first billionaire who didn't come back from space. Who knows? Okay, last thing um, before we have some funny stuff to discuss uh, and then to also face it out. Um, Norway has uh, a new law that um, forces influencers to actually list what they edited in the photo. So if they get like, a picture of like them looking all pretty and stuff, they have to list what they changed, like which filter they used. I think like, that they used filters and like what they changed and so on um, to be more transparent. Good thing. Norway, good thing. I think that's a good thing. Um, if you think it's not a good thing, then you're probably an influencer. <laughs> I think it's a good thing. Um, I'm not sure like... I'm sure that they, they, they will. Those people doing this, the influencers, they will find like a way to like, you know, make it smaller, putting it at the very end of the post, and so on. So it's not that obvious, uh, but still a good thing that it's there. And maybe it helps people who always compare themselves like on social media to be like, oh, that's what they. Oh, maybe I shouldn't compare myself to them. So, no way. Good job. Appreciate it. Well done. All right. Two more things. Then we're done. First, go to YouTube. <laughs> Check out. BLK it's it's like a dating app for black people I believe so I mean you can see me so I've never tried it but I saw the YouTube video and they came out with a song and the song is called wax that thing up and of course that's the summary 2021 wax that thing up (laughs) yes it's a song a, a thing an ad it's something Check it out on YouTube, BLK with Juvenile and who, what else, whoever else is on there. Um, wax that thing up, check it out, yo. Okay, and now the last thing for the day. recommendation uh, for you to read, just a few tweets. It's 20, 21 tweets, it's by Subi. Check out Subi Music, hip hop artist, but actually like also like kind of philosopher, pretty cool guy from, from the UK, like it a lot. Um, check out at Subi Music and he wrote, 20 things I learned or got confirmed during the pandemic. When you read those things, you're like, "Oh yeah, like really some, some deep things, some obvious things, but just confirmed. I enjoyed it a lot, I'm like, yeah, man, you're right. Or like, yeah, it, you're right. Um, so some things really hit. So check it out, I asked Music on Twitter, he posted it like three or four days ago. Um, 20 things I learned confirmed during the pandemic. Super cool, um, very thoughtful. Check it out. All right, that's it for me for today the media cast media friday here on the fun report don't forget to like share subscribe and so on uh, do the thing thanks for joining and as always take care stay safe and i'll talk and see you next time Saudi